Welcome to the Money Advantage Podcast, empowering business owners with the permission to think differently about money so that you can consciously choose to live a meaningful and fulfilled life now. Our passion is making money simple, fun, and doable, helping you feel great about your money and getting your money working for you so you can thrive. All right. Good morning and welcome back to the Money Advantage Podcast. This is Rachel Marshall and Bruce Weiner. Good morning, Bruce. Good morning. We are really excited to bring to you a new conversation today. Um, and Bruce is going to give us a little bit of context for why we're having this particular discussion. But if you are an agent in the insurance industry and you are just getting started or you are interested in switching careers and moving over into helping people with insurance, we are talking specifically to you today. And if you are a person who is wanting infinite banking as a consumer, you want to be a person who is getting into a policy, this is still a conversation to listen into for multiple reasons. One, we're talking today about what you need to know as an agent starting in the industry. But if you are a person who's not at all interested in joining the insurance industry, you still might be curious about how it works. And this would be a helpful conversation for you to understand some of the um, components behind the scenes that help influence your ability to be served in an effective way. So we are really talking primarily to the people who are interested in jumping into the industry today, but it's not a reason to tune out if you're saying, hey, that's really not for me at all. Um, We have found that a lot of our audience is insurance agents and producers, as well as people who are interested in helping people with infinite banking and with insurance. And so that's where this conversation is specifically geared today. So Bruce, let's hear just your perspective on this topic before we jump into really what things are important to think about. Well, I'm glad you brought up the fact that I think the general public, the consumer, the people that are looking for IBC, um, they can benefit from this episode to understand the inner workings of the industry, the pros and cons of the industry. But Also, we're going to talk a little bit about business formation and how you actually build a business and structure a business. So a lot of our clients are business owners or actually are people that are thinking about becoming business owners or are entrepreneurial in nature. So I do believe that there will be a lot of benefit for everybody in this this, uh, particular or with this particular topic. And what precipitated this particular uh, topic is that a lot of either current insurance producers, which are unfortunately the, the, the people that have been harmed by this the most because they've already gotten into the industry, um, have been reaching out to us. And then as we ask them questions about where they are in their career, they have aligned themselves with certain uh, marketing organizations that have um, not been advantageous to their growth. And that is something that you don't know what you don't know. So you think that, you know, this is going to be a really good thing for you to do, to to line yourself with. And it's kind of a, to me, there are a lot of good, what they're called um, independent marketing organizations out there. And there's a lot of, and also there's, they, they often refer to them as field marketing organizations. We have to have an acronym, IMOs or FMOs. And what they market is that they are going to help you with uh, 
not only obtaining leads, but getting you a point with carriers and all this kind of uh, training that goes goes on. And some of them do a really good job. I've actually aligned myself with one of them, but only after years of experience. And I thought I would take my years of experience and tell you the pros and cons of what you should be looking for in this. So what precipitated this episode is the pain that a lot of young or inexperienced agents who re- reached out to us are experiencing from not knowing what's going on in the insurance industry. Um, so what happened um, not too many times now within the last six months is people that have just gotten into the industry have reached out to us. And, and let's think about this. So they've already joined, they've already got their insurance license. Now they don't know how to build um, their business. So they're searching the internet, searching the internet, or they come across a particular um, organization that is claiming that you should join with us and we will be able to get you appointed with different insurance carriers. So what you have to understand is a lot of people um, cannot get appointed directly with insurance carriers because the insurance carriers they do not want you to um, just go out and and uh, show their products without any experience. So they say, no, you cannot get directly um, appointed with us. You have to actually be in an organization. So you can just join what's called a general agency. And a general agency is a person or entity that has already had the experience They get appointed with an insurance company to sell their products, and then you can get appointed under them, and they supposedly are going to help you along in the business. That's one way of doing it. So you're just with one general agent. And oftentimes, that general agent is just with one insurance company. Doesn't have to be. They can also have a general agency with another insurance company and another insurance company and broker out their services. So that, in my opinion, is oftentimes the best way to get into the industry. Why? Because that person has a direct relationship with you. Often the the person that started the industry actually will meet with you directly, not somebody below them. And they will have a, a really vested interest in uh, your growth as an insurance agent. But what happens is, is that they do not often do a lot of advertising to actually get agents to join them. They do what we do, and that is we just simply select rather than recruit. And the reason we say that is, is that we believe that you need to have the same mindset that we have in order to grow with us, and thus you grow uh, in your career. With an IMO and FMO, an independent marketing organization or a a field marketing organization, they will actually market out to the general public hoping to get agents into their organization. Now, why why does a independent marketing organization or a field marketing organization actually want additional agents. Well, this is where the frustration in my mind comes from. 
So when you're uh, getting get a contract with an insurance company, you receive a compensation contract. And that compensation contract can be structured um, in a variety of ways, but most companies, because they want to be competitive with other companies, they actually are very, very similar. So example, they may say for the base policy, we will pay you 55% of whatever the base policy is. And then we will pay you 5% if you, if you sell a term policy, and we will pay you 2% on the PUAs. And then the, that's what they will offer the agent. They say, okay, we will give you a 55% contract. Most, most contracts go all the way up to 90%. So the general agent can then capture the other 35% of the contract from the insurance company. Now, this is, a neither, this is neither good or bad in that situation because if the general agency is actually providing you with some training, with some services, with some personnel, with a CRM to actually um, customer relation management system to store your information in, um, there may be supplying you with uh, training, uh, both on-site and off-site. They may even be supplying you with help with a particular client. So this is actually not that unusual. However, there is also a bonus structure with most insurance companies where if you obtain a certain amount of premium with them in, in a given year, they will also bonus that particular uh, general agency. And that could, that could be another maybe 10 to 30%. Uh, as, as you hit different um, bonus marks. And so what I found with the general agency, they will share some of the override from 55 to 90%. They will share some of that depending on some factors like what is your experience, how much are you actually producing, what is your potential to produce, so on and so forth. And then the bonus generally is kept by the general agency, which is once again fine because they're using that to actually pay people to take on the bonus um, structure. I'm sorry, the, the bonus structure is used to pay people to actually support the agency, whether it's an administrative role, whether it's a person that's taking applications, whether it's a person that is uh, processing loans, uh, uh, changing beneficiaries, so on and so forth. What I found with most general agencies, they share the override. So you have the base at 55, and then the overrides up to 95, excuse me, 90, and then the bonus situation. Most general agencies will, will actually share some of the override. Sometimes they share all of them, all of the override, and then, then they just a benefit from the bonus to help run the agency. Okay, so that's the basic structure. Now, why wouldn't you just go to the why wouldn't you just go to the insurance company yourself and say, "Hey, I want a contract." You can, and in certain situations, depending on your background, depending on your training, depending on your relationships, 
you may be able to get a contract directly, but most people off the street will not be able to do that. And if they do come in off the street, they just get what's called a street contract, which is that 55% um, and no overrides and bonus. So now they can work up to that later on if they produce well, if they do not have any lapses, um, if they are not causing the the, uh, insurance company much pain, they can work up to that. Um, but in general, it's very difficult to get one, to get a agency contract directly unless you've had experience. So what ends up happening is most people in the insurance that are getting into the insurance business do not understand that. So they're on the internet or they hear from colleagues, hey, join this marketing organization. They will help you along. Well, it's been my experience, and I'm not going to say this 100% of the time but I have not found one yet that does this. It's my experience that the marketing organization actually only gives you the same contract that you could have gotten from, if you could get it, from uh, the street contract. They keep all the overrides and the bonus, and they may provide early tertiary type of training saying, oh, come with us and we will show you this, this, this. But then as you get the preliminary trading down, uh, they do not provide a lot of support after that. Uh, some of them do provide leads, but they're going to provide leads in a way that is um, uh, lower level leads like final expense, mortgage protection, so on and so forth. And if they do provide IBC type of leads, um, what they're really doing is they're just providing people that are asking for life insurance. Then they give the lead to the uh, agent on the downline and say, here, turn it into an IBC lead. And it, it's they, the conversion rate is not very, very um, helpful. This is very, very difficult and frustrating for a person getting into the industry. Now, let's contrast that now what you should do. Now, this is where all the listeners that are, are an agent, uh, maybe you'll find this beneficial. So in the United States, if you're going to start a business and an insurance agent is a business, now you can become a W-2 employee of an agency that you're not your own business. I understand that. But a lot of people uh, become independent agents and they are building their own business, just like a lot of listeners right now are bu- building their own business. The first fallacy that I find all the time is a person believes because either they've talked to a well-intentioned CPA, a lawyer, their family member, is that you have to have an LLC. You have to get incorporated. You have to um, develop a corporate structure. You do not have to. Okay? You do not have to. Have to. And in my experience, getting appointed it, with different insurance companies, it's very easy to be an individual or an entity, but there are some states that do not like you to uh, apply for an insurance license in that state as an entity. And my belief is the reason why is they want, they want to be able to go after the entity and you can hide as an individual behind that entity from a 
legal and liability structure. So they do not want to do that. And other ones do not, they will allow you to do it, but only if you have an office in that state. So now in the years, the year of the uh, Zoom calls that people are doing business all over the United States, having an entity and then you want to do business in the state. And now the state says, well, you can, you can register your entity with the state. However, you must have an office in the state. That's cost prohibitive for a lot of people. So whether, you, whether it's an insurance business or whether it's a, just a regular business, you do not need to form an LLC to actually start the business. Now, are there some advantages to doing that? Yes. I'm not going to comment on all the advantages right now because it depends on your each individual situation. Okay, the next thing is you, whether you're starting an insurance business or whether you're starting your own business, you need to act like a business. <laughs> now, I know that sounds obvious, but first thing is you need to um, have the intent to show a profit. Doesn't mean you have to show a profit. Do not let any of your CPAs or accountants tell you that you have to show a profit, you know, three of the last five years or once in the last three years, or there's all kinds of stuff that goes out there. Um, you do, there's various reasons why you may not show a profit for a long period of time. That doesn't mean you're not getting income. It just means you're not showing a profit on, on paper. The first thing I would say is you need, you don't need to set up a business entity but you need to set up separate accounts for your personal and your bank account or your business account. Now, some people say, but I went into my bank and I said, I wanted to set up a business account and they asked, well, what's my entity? Okay. Yes. I understand that. Um, yes. In order to set up a business account, you have to have a business entity and, and um, an EIN number for that particular um, and that's a federal tax number. Uh, what you can simply do is set up a, a different uh, personal bank account just with your personal name, put it put it uh, like Bruce Wayne or number two or something like that, just to differentiate and just use that for your business. Same way with a separate credit card account. Have a separate cre credit card account. And that way, if you were ever to get audited, you can actually show that you have separate accounts from your personal and your, and your business. This is really important because the IRS looks at this as, are you doing this just as a hobby to get the, to get the deductions? Are you truly trying to make a profit? Are you having expenses that are reasonable and ordinary? Are you running this reason, like a reasonable business owner would run it? Well, a, a reasonable business owner would not mix their personal finances with their business finances. So make sure you're separating that. Okay, now let's go back to these. That's, that's how you would set your business up and get it running. There's a lot more to it, but I'm just trying to give you a 10,000 foot observation right now. Now let's go back to these marketing organizations. The, we're going to put a link in the podcast and on the different social media. That is, there's a really good synopsis of what I'm about to say. But the first thing, the most important thing that you should ask is 
do you have an open release policy? An open release policy, because here's what has happened, and this is what I detest about the industry, and it's happened to a lot of people. They don't know where to turn as a new agent. They go to a marketing organization, and they say, hey, I would like to join your organization. The organization gives them a contract. Now, it is responsibility of the person to read the contract. Um, and somewhere in that contract, it's going to say that they are not going to release you from any kind of a contract with different insurance agencies. So once you contract with them, even if you don't use their services anymore, you are going, you're not going to be able to, be, to get a new contract with the same insurance company they already contracted you with. That's a big problem because as you get more experienced, and even if they did not help you very much along the way, you got help at other places, or you just dug in and you learned, they signed you up for that. There's some value to that, but they're not giving you any help. Now you want to either go with another company that, or gender agency or, or a marketing organization that is helping you, but they will not release you. Okay, now what options do you have? The first option is just ask them, will you please release me? I'm not getting any benefit. Then my experience is that that doesn't make that doesn't that doesn't work. They just won't release you. It's it's a sad commentary on our in, our industry. The second thing you can do in most cases is you can terminate your appointment with that particular life insurance company. And then sit out in general, it's six months. Some are sooner, some are longer, but in general, it's six months. So that is something that you should consider doing uh, if you're really not getting any help. And you probably are considering doing it because you're not writing any business anyway, because nobody's helping you with your business. So if you find somebody that can help you, you could sit out for six months. The life insurance company will consider you terminated out of the business, and then you can reapply after six months after under another um, agency or marketing organization. So let me reiterate that. Look for and ask for open release policy in your contract. All right. Don't become... Here's the next thing. A lot of the marketing organizations, they tell you, well, one of the big advantages to being with us is we can get you appointed with all of these insurance companies. And they might show you 30 or 40 of these insurance companies. You think, oh, well, that makes sense. I want to be a broker. I want to be able to find the best product for my client. And that sounds great. And that is partially true but it doesn't take 30 or 40. Insurance companies are actuarial products. They're producing actuarial products. Those actuarial products are using the same mortality tables because of regulations. They're using the same um, investments. So the difference between one good company and another good company is not that great if you have to learn 30 or 40 uh, company's products, and they may have three or four, five, six different products. 
So now all of a sudden you have 40 companies, four different products, 160 different solutions for a client. You cannot possibly understand all of the possible alliterations as far as which is good for a your clients and which is not good. So I would, that is not that big a deal for most marketing, uh, marketing organizations that you are licensed with all these different companies because you cannot find the advantages and disadvantages of all their products anyway. So it's better to stay, in my opinion, stay with three or four companies only that you can focus on. And probably out of those three or four now, you're going to find one, because once again, there's not that much difference between companies. You're going to find one that gives you better service, gives your clients better service, that you understand their products easily, your clients understand the products easily. So you're going to place a lot of your, uh, or a majority of your uh, clients in those particular products. Then you have the other three, two or three that you're working with, and you understand the slight differences with those companies. And now when you have a certain situation that arises, you say, oh, yes, my normal company doesn't work, but I know this company does this slight little thing differently. So we're going to actually apply with that company right there. So that is something that is really, really helpful for you when you're building your general agency. And frankly, it's also helpful when you're building just a business. People try to do too much with a particular business. Uh, Simon Sinek, a great marketing person. If you haven't read his book, Start With Why, you should. And his second book, Leaders Eat Last, another great read. He says that you should not do business with everyone who needs good, your goods and services. You should only do business with people that believe what you believe. So what you're trying to attract is the people that are most aligned with your thoughts. And then you've already aligned yourself with an insurance company. So if you're in business, you don't want to try outside of the insurance agency. agency you don't want to try to do everything. You want to try to have a niche and do that very, very well. Okay. So to sum up today's topic, what I am trying to uh, tell everybody that might be thinking about getting into the insurance world or are barely into the insurance world is that you need to do research. And we're going to provide that link at the end of the show notes on the pros and cons of FMOs and IMOs and do not sign a contract, in my opinion, until they allow an open release. That open release just simply means at any time you feel like they're not providing any service or you have a better uh, situation somewhere else, they will release you. This is the greatest thing about the free market and and it should be used in this context because we're not afraid if you want to join an organization And if you feel like we're not giving you the best training, why would I want to keep you around anyway? I want you to go out and be the best person that you could possibly be. So ask for that open release. 
if you've already signed a contract and you do not have an open release, then the best thing you can do is actually go to the company and ask for them to release you. If they do not release you, then you need to sit out for six months. There's some other things that you can do. Maybe you can become an administrative assistant for somebody in the insurance agency while you learn, get paid a salary during that time period, and then go from there. So I, I hope you found today's um, podcast good for a better understanding of the insurance uh, industry. And then also for people that are not in the insurance industry or thinking about building a business or currently in business, you may have picked up a few little tidbits, basic tidbits that will help you along the way. Please like, subscribe, and comment. Ask any questions about this. And in closing, remember, success leaves clues. So model the successful few and not the crowd and build a life and business that you love. Until next time, thank you for listening. Discover the secret of how to earn a return on the same money in two places at the same time so that you can strengthen your investment returns. We've created a free guide for you that explains the top three things every investor needs their privatized banking system to do. Go to themoneyadvantage.com slash banking, put in your name and primary email address, click the send my free guide button right now, and we'll see you on the inside. Thank you for listening to the Money Advantage podcast. Today's show notes and resources are available for you on themoneyadvantage.com. If you like this episode, make sure you subscribe and leave a review. If you have any questions or desire to speak with a qualified financial professional after listening to today's podcast, we encourage you to reach out to us at hello at themoneyadvantage.com or check us out at themoneyadvantage.com. The opinions and views expressed here are for informational purposes only. This material is educational in nature and should not be deemed as a solicitation of any specific product or service. All investments involve risk and a potential loss of principal. Kalos Capital Incorporated nor Kalos Management Incorporated offer tax or legal advice. Please consult with a tax advisor or attorney for advice regarding the impact on your portfolio. Securities offered through Kalos Capital Incorporated member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB, and investment advisory services offered through Kalos Management Incorporated and registered investment advisor, both located at 11525 Parkwood Circle, Alpharetta, Georgia. E3 Consultants Group is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Kalos Capital Incorporated or Kalos Management Incorporated.